Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. My name is Jeanette Abney, and I want to thank you for joining me here for another episode here at Precious Predicament Blog Talk Radio. I want to first thank my Heavenly Father for blessing me this morning and giving me the activities of my lamps. I'm sitting in my room, so my ceiling fan is on, so my hair is going all over the place. So uh, if you're looking at me on Facebook, I'm looking a hot mess right about now. But that's okay, because I'm going to let it do what it do, because you know what? It's not all about what we look like, but more importantly, how we feel and what's going on with us on the inside, too. So today's topic is one of those topics that is definitely worth having a conversation, because I'm going to be talking about reducing childhood stress. Now, many individuals, I remember growing up and for years, most people thought that childhood stress was something that kids were just making up. You have nothing to worry about. I don't know what the problem is. But childhood stress is real. Now, childhood is not all fun and games like it used to be. Back in the day, we could go outside and play ball and hide-go-seek and all of that. But now, it is known that even children can feel worried and experience stress. Now, the stresses can vary, and we're going to be talking about what some of the stresses are that a lot of children endure. And I can recall being told as a child, I had nothing to worry about. I wasn't paying any bills. That was a black folk national anthem. You ain't paying no bills on what the hell you worried about. But today's parents are trying to do much better with trying to address their children's emotional needs. However, with many of the stuff that children are enduring, their stress level is not what it used to be. Now, I'm a grandma, so my kids are grown now. But I have grandkids that are going to school. And this morning, I was just a hot mess even last night, you know, just praying, like, Lord, please let my grandbabies be okay and everybody else's kids be okay too. Because we got so much going on. And we don't want to scare the babies, but we do have to make sure that we're honest with them to the best of our ability. We're open-minded, and we're going to be talking about some of that. So, I want to log on my guest. Her name is Lisa, and she is the author of what's called the Unicorn Book Series. So today we're going to be providing a whole lot of information. So get ready, and if you want to call in and join the show, give us a call, 516-387-1914. Let me log on. Thank you, Jeanette, for having me. You're welcome. You know what? And it's crazy because I was telling somebody this morning, I don't know what her voice sounds like. I don't know nothing. But we just let it do what it do. We ain't going to even stress over this. Because, Lord, we're talking about stress. Stress. Right. So I want to thank you for following through and for, you know, being part of this podcast because when we talk about children, the children are our future. And our kids are going through so much right now and trying to help them mm-hmm. regulate their emotions. And it's very challenging to help a child regulate your, their emotions when most adults don't even know how to regulate theirs. So how are you going to, you know, I always say, and I've heard, I believe it was Dr. Phil say, you cannot give what you don't have and you cannot teach what you don't know. So a lot of times yes. our parents just, just did not know no better. Now, you're an author of a book entitled The Unicorn Book Series. What inspired you yes. to even what was that about? Yeah. Yeah, so Corn Jazz is a book series. Um, there's five books so far in the series, and I continue to write more. I have coloring books, and I have lots of curriculum, activity pages for teachers and parents um, that have been umbrellaed in the social-emotional skills, social-emotional learning, which has been a hot topic, especially since the pandemic. And that's really something that, um, Jeanette, when you and I were in grade school, that wasn't given to us. And, um, you know, we're told that teachers, you know, really it's going to be more challenging for them to teach uh, because first we have to understand and manage the emotions of the children. And, uh-huh. and there's, there's, you know, um, how to balance, um, you know, the emotions and feelings that they're having, um, empathy, for example, staying kind uh-huh. to others the impact of setting and achieving positive goals, all these things. So what I've done with my Unicorn Jazz book series, the storytelling, art, characters, I'm able to show children through the lens of teachers and educators 
stories and how uh, boys and girls could look through the lens of storytelling, which is a great way to learn when you're young and, and onward. Um, my first book, Unicorn Jazz, Unicorn Jazz moves to a new land in search of new friends. She feels like she doesn't belong. How many of us can relate to that? Until she meets mm-hmm. a friend who believes in her, named Wolf the Crow. And that friend growing up in life for to a child could be a teacher, could be a parent. And I often say, hey, maybe you're a Wolf the Crow. Maybe you believe in someone. And that can be life-changing for us. Mm-hmm. And you know what? And that's interesting because, like you said, I was in elementary school in the 70s. And back in the 70s, mm-hmm. I used to say we would get a happy face or a sad face. And then you send them out to recess, and the happy face would go beat up the sad face, or the sad face kid would beat up the happy face kid. But we never knew what some of the stressors were that some of these kids was enduring. We didn't know much about child right. abuse. We didn't know about depression, right. about, you know, domestic violence in the home. You know, if your parent had got laid off, being in a single-parent home, we didn't understand a lot of those stressors, nor did we know about the latchkey kid or a parentified child. You know, there was no co-parenting going on. So we didn't know a lot of things that we are learning today that a lot of these kids have to deal with on a day-to-day basis, and we're not allowing kids to be kids, or either what we do is we put them in front of a computer or we give them all these gadgets and gadgets, and they're lacking some of the social skills and emotional needs are not being met. And that has become a problem, and then now we're seeing kids that are turning into adults, and they're lacking some of the basic skills. And and even when we talk about Maslow hierarchy of needs, emotional, they're dealing with the emotional maturity. That is a problem. Yeah. And therefore, if we're lacking coping skills, we're going to run into problems with our stressors. Yes, very true. And it's important, you know, I mean, we all strive to be happy. No one strives to be the opposite of, of not happy. In my second book, Being Happy with Unicorn Jazz and Friends, it's, it's picture pages full of ways um, that many of us could be happy. And as I point them out to, to students and parents and teachers, mm-hmm. they love, you know, chiming in saying, yeah, I, I make, you know, walking makes me happy. Watching the sun makes me happy. And, uh, you know, dancing, playing, make-believe, and all these things. And it's Uh so important, and as we've all seen during the pandemic and onward, the aftermath and effects of what it's done for, you know, kids of all ages, including adults. And and how do we um, incorporate uh, that happy home and then transfer that to the the teacher's classroom and then transfer that back home? And, And I said early on in the pandemic that we all need to rise together as leaders and be the oh, yeah. the happiness leaders. <laughs> and and we I have started to doing find that another and I place to be creative. You know, even like I said, I'm a licensed marriage family therapist. And the one yeah. group of clientele that I kinda don't have fun engaging with is depression. And I understand it, but that spirit is draining and it just takes too much out of me when I'm working with depression. But anxiety, conduct disorder, I get all of that. You know, the personality disorders, fine with that. But when we start talking about emotional needs, when we start talking about behaviors, because kids are going to act things out. You know, and I have a a book that I, I work with with children and teenagers, and it's entitled, I'm Not Bad, I'm Mad. And I was one of those growing up and didn't even realize I was angry because I didn't know the emotions that was attached to the anger, even though anger is like depression turned inward. Now, today we're going to be talking about, like I said, we're going to try to provide some of the most common stressors. We're going to also provide information to assist parents with ways to identify stressors because you've got to be able to identify and separate your stuff from what your kids need to know. Because I know I had a mother, we called them TMI. My mama gave me way too much information. I didn't need to know a whole mm-hmm. lot of stuff as a child because I could mm-hmm. not process that. And I know, and I mm-hmm. later learned, my daughter is 34 years old. And sometimes when I listen to her talk, I'm like, ooh, did I do that? Did I really? I didn't realize that mm-hmm. I pretty much did thing my mother did by p- putting too much on my children, especially my daughter, but it helped her to mature into an adult 
But I gave her too much information. And but it taught her conflict resolution skills, coping skills, but I also did some damage that I didn't really realize. So when we start talking about identifying those triggers, and also that's one thing, so identify it. Second, try to reduce the amount of stress in a child's life. There's no such thing as a perfect parent, and I'm looking at the typos that I'm looking at on this thing. I was like, you know what, that was not on there at 1 o'clock in the morning when I was typing this up, but I ain't going to stress over that. This thing makes you look like when I'm transferring over, it just be doing so many misspelled words. But the thing is, when we're talking about the child's life, parents don't realize their lifestyle impacts their child's life. So people will say, I'm grown, I can do what I want to do. Yes, that's true, that's fine and dandy. But what about the outcome? And also, we're going to be talking about providing help to help the child develop positive coping skills and teach children how to let stress out in a healthy way. I did not let stress out in a healthy way. I was too busy throwing grapefruits and onions at other folks and pulling shotguns on people. So that was not healthy. <laughs> but I grew up in Compton. But that was no excuse. But that was not my excuse. I was projecting things and didn't realize it. So we're going to talk about how to let the stress out in a healthy way. And individuals, we're also going to provide information on when it's time to obtain professional help for your children. Now, you talked a little bit, but tell, tell me again, how do, do you have children or what? what yeah, so powered... I, I have grown children. I have a 30-year-old son that's a nurse. He's a health writer. He actually plays one of my puppet boys in my show, uh-huh. the Unicorn Dance, the thing I do. And then I have a 16-year-old son. So I'm, I am so grateful to be a mom, and yes, it does not come with a handbook, as we all know, and, and there's always the joys, and then there's the challenges of, of how to, you know, navigate this world and, and all the changes that they go through. Uh, my personal experience um, in, in growing up was that I was bullied, I was made fun of, I was the introverted kid, the shyest one. I didn't know communication or how to use my voice per se. So that's one of the reasons why writing became one of my lifelong passions. As I always said, my only voice was for growing up. Well, fast forward into adulthood, adulthood um, I got a degree in social psychology, and I spent my life really studying human behavior, working with businesses, working with over 150 CEOs and leaders, and, and always asking the, the questions, coming back to what makes for a happy and meaning life. And, and, you know, as, you know, as we adults, we have so much responsibilities now. Yeah. And, and it could be stressful when you don't have a, a life of balance and support system. And then that could pour over into your children, no matter what age they are. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not like there's any perfect plan, I find, when I speak to experts myself and, and grateful to go on platforms and shows with an audience like have. And the common thing I, I see is that, one, there's no one-size-fits-all approach. There's no manual. But what we all can do is embrace the knowledge we can get from people like you, from, you know, understanding and, and relying on, on, you know, the education system that, is like, social-emotional learning and competencies are being required from what I say nationwide. And, and I think it's important to to use storytelling and, and connect with your children based on what age group they are, of course. And um, okay. know that we are all doing the best we can. And, and there so I'm so hopeful and positive for the future. We just have to bridge together and, and create the fellowship, create the communities of, of positivity, helping, learning, changing, and growing. Correct. You know, it's interesting with the storytelling. My, my daughter told me one time, she said, Mom, um, when you were telling us these stories when we were kids, you was really giving us nightmares. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was giving them nightmares, but those was that was stuff yeah. that I had lived, been through, and, and I didn't know it was normal to me. And see, what's stressful right. or what you maybe think is stressful for one child may be totally different for another. Now, when we start talking right. about even I like the puppets, the videos that you have, we're going to go into that and provide information on where people can find that information. We have a caller calling in. Let me see what this caller has to say. Fantastic. Give me one second. Hi, this is Jeanette. Number last two numbers nine four. How are you doing? Good, good, Jeanette. This is Big Bull. How you doing, Lucy Keith? 
Oh, how you doing? Okay. Uh, how you, you know doing? what? Steve, you talking about reducing childhood stress. Now, you work with children, you coach children, you work in the community. What are some of the stressors that you're seeing when it comes to childhood stress? Uh, not getting out, uh, uh, getting out the house. Uh, kids are getting mad because they can't be on the computer, or uh, they can't play on the baseball team, or they didn't make the team. With this coronavirus, it's a lot of it's a lot of them very upset, stressed out. Um, it's like they go to smoking marijuana. Uh, uh, just, it just it, I'm around it every day, and I'm trying to encourage them to just keep your head up. And, and, and don't get so frustrated, you know. I see it yes. all the time. I see it from Power to Football, Little League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You know what, Luther? Big Boo. That frustration. You got kids fighting other siblings, parents not connecting with their kids. If there's a disconnect, and a lot of times they want to automatically just take them and put them in therapy. And sometimes something right. is happening at home. Now, when we grew up and growing up in Compton, yeah, we had the, the parks, the recreational, we had a lot of different things, and our parents depended on the schools to educate us, but the parents could not teach, or the schools kind of didn't really know how to help us with our emotional maturity. And that was a That's right. We were lacking emotionally. Now, Mr. Freeman was a man after my own heart. But popping people on the butt didn't always help you with helping and expressing how you feel. And parents would say, you are to be seen and not heard. So we silenced children. And when we silenced them, they were screaming out as young men and young women, as young adults, and they didn't know what to do with this bag of emotions. That's right. And I think that even when I work with adults in my domestic violence program, in my child abuse program, they don't know any better. That's all they know. So I want to say this, and I want to know what you think about this too, Luther Keith. And I'm getting this from, and it's called mockchildren.org on the Internet, and it says, well, first of all, we got to try to reduce the amount of stress in their lives, help them to build positive coping skills, because that's where a lot of times we get in trouble, teach them to let stress out appropriately, but in regards to reducing the amount of stress in our lives or in the child's life, we have to learn to acknowledge your child's feelings. A lot of times we ignore it. I remember doing a group one time and they did a little study and I saw something where a child come to you and say, Mom, he hit me. Your child, you're going to respond either go hit him back or they talk to their parents or let me... We're all going to have different ways we're going to respond to that. But we have to acknowledge exactly. that have feelings too. Meaning when your child is sad or scared, for example, let them know I notice it. Let them mm-hmm. know I feel so that parents, kids feel. They don't feel heard. Uh, boy, right. have you had that problem with some of the kids, even that you coach, that they feel my parents don't listen to me? Or they don't, they're not yeah, there for I me. A lot of, they don't understand. Right, a lot of you <laughs> telling me that their, their sister or the brother hit on them or make them frustrated or, you know, they moved their the equipment. They had equipment mm-hmm. somewhere sitting real nice. They didn't move the equipment somewhere on the side. Where they, they try to get to practice. They get frustrated. And then I was like, what, what, what's, what's the problem? You come to practice, heat it up. What's going on? My my brother, my sister, move my my glove, my cleats, and then I told my mama she didn't do nothing to my grand. Uh, either I told my grandmother, and she ignored me. I said, "Well, you got to calm down. I'm gonna try to talk to her and tell her your equipment alone, but you can't come out here with this uh, heated up, stressed out, and you get the other kids off track." Yeah, mm-hmm. see it all the time. So, Lisa, with acknowledging yes. your child's feelings. Where can a parent start with first starting to acknowledge? Just take the time, stop what you're doing, and realize yeah. I'm feeling something right now. Yeah, I think being present, um, having a face-to-face, you know, eye contact conversation, and which we know is hard. We're all drawn to our phones and, and digital devices. Um, you know, taking the, check, taking the time to check in with them. Based on either their age and, and what you're going to be able to be there. I also think watching 
shows or even incorporating music to their age. Again, I a lot with elementary mm-hmm. school age children. That's that's what my my unicorn jazz books um, are, you know, for K through six. But um, sometimes to learn and watching shows together, music. And I, I, I often go back to Sesame Street. I was inspired by Sesame Street as many generations were. And, and so I think it's important to to use, you know, fun, entertaining ways to connect with your children as well. Correct. I like that. You know, uh, I want to bring this to your attention, Lisa, is uh, one of the things with the coronavirus. I remember when COVID first hit last year, I had a – I was sitting in my room one day, and I heard a kid screaming. And the kid was screaming, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to go to school. And the parent was trying to put the kid in the vehicle to take the kid to school, and the kid was scared. Now, I want to speak on that a little bit, and, I mean, taking all politics about now because I ain't got time for all of that. But a lot of kids and a lot of parents are confused, especially with this, and they're operating in fear. How can a parent right now acknowledge their child's feelings as it relates to COVID-19 with returning back to school? Because at first it was the the frustration of being at home, being irritated, being bored, and mm-hmm. all these things. I'm going to school, now they're watching kids die, on CCN, on the news, right. social media. Right. What can we do to address you know, our anxiety and fear as it relates to you, you know, there's so many changes happening. I see. I, I mean, my, myself, I'm having to move. It's, I have a teenager. He's in high school, and I'm going to have to move. It's it's not, you know, fun. And in and, and his perspective, having to change friends and all that stuff. But everybody's life, in one way, has been affected by the pandemic. Parents who are the providers, maybe they have new jobs. Maybe they lost mm-hmm. a job, have to get a new one. You know, some probably, you know, thrived and got more responsibility. Parent mm-hmm. maybe is thriving, the other isn't. You know, there's also we can't, you know, dismiss, you know, divorces and, and co-parenting. So it's just really telling your children, as I do, is, is we're all going through a lot of change, pain, and, and hurt, all of us. And we're all doing the best we can. And to really, I can't stress this enough, to focus on the positive. Um, as Tony right. Robbins says, you know, the negativity or focusing on the wrong will always be there. And that's why I love, like, with my puppet, do something called Happiness News and just find something uh, light and, and cheery to be thankful for today uh, because it's the, the aftermath of the pandemic is going to be the mental health aftermath. It's going to be years in the making. There's no predictability to it. But we're all doing the best we can. It's a, it's a beautiful time to still uh, come together as families, friends, whether you're building new friends and, and making your own family, creating fellowship. You know, it's because there's no one-size approach. And, and I, I, I think the stresses that come from, they're going to come from the teachers and all these new guidelines. It's, you know, some schools haven't even started yet. It's, it's Correct. enormous. And, and just taking it to our own homes and what we can provide within our home and our, our small community and, and being there and, and understanding the changes, kind of like having to be that all-in PTA mom or dad. Right. And you know what? And that's interesting because, like I said, I have a kid, a grandkid, that just got dropped off at kindergarten. We, I, I, was, I was sitting there like, ooh, you know, like, this, right? You, you just started kindergarten. You, you had a new school, new environment, new teacher, new – he's only five. You know, and we don't want to, yeah. and kids, yeah. your emotions. Um, Boo, what are you seeing with the high schools now? Because I know you work at the schools, too. Are a lot of the kids experiencing mm-hmm. a lot of um, anxiety and fear with COVID-19 of returning back to school? What are some of the things that you're seeing? Yeah. Uh, I was sitting this morning. They were frustrated they couldn't get on a, um, so they passed uh, down to get in. And a lot of them was frustrated because the computers were down. Long line around the block, parents just out there panicking, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, "Wow, calm down, take your time, you know, just take your time." So they was frustrated. A lot of them say, "I want to go home. I want to go. I don't, I don't want to come. I want to go home." So there's a lot of kids in front of the campus and the back side of Compton Avenue, long line, and it took me mm-hmm. like school started at 8:30, and you should have seen the expression of these youngsters' face. The ninth graders, tenth graders. Frustrated because they couldn't get on their pass down. Then you have to do the COVID test, and uh, they were really frustrated. 
So I just kind of just stepped to the side, told him to calm down. It's going to be all right. Just, you know, take your time. And uh, mm-hmm. it was really frustrating. This was his first day of school. Phoenix. I was sitting my own high just looking at it this morning. I mean, these kids ready to go back home. I mean, they was mad, pouting. You know, the whole system went down. So I don't know if it's going to be like that tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, to acknowledge how they feel. I mean, because like you said, but we've been out of school for years. So we never had to deal with anything like this. We had to deal with the office right. and Kenny football <laughs> shooting. You know, we didn't have to deal with that, you know. And we had friends that was murdered or shot or, you know, but that right there, that, but we have to, as parents, acknowledge their feelings. And even if we don't understand, hear them out. We've got to hear them out. Also, develop trust. Let your child know that mistakes in learning, and, and we, we all make mistakes, but you want to develop the trust. Be honest, as honest as you possibly can. Don't make up stuff or give them false hope or just be honest, but don't scare them. Don't add to their fear. Um, right. What are the things, Lisa, of one of the ways, and then I'll let you speak on that big blue too. Lisa, what is the one of the ways that parents can develop trust with their children in order to help them with their stressors? Because they want to be able to depend on their parents. Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, starting with small steps, maybe saying what is something we could do this week that, you know, that would be make them happy. Like, you know, maybe it's, it's you know, getting a new book and, and spending time and, and having the balance. I always speak about balance to parents and, and educators. Is, is there's, I, I have a philosophy that's in my book, Skip the Step. There's five areas of life for balance and happiness for all of us as adults, and obviously that will pour over into your children, family, friendship, career, connect, and adventure. And, you know, it's easy for some of us to be workaholics and then, you know, neglect other areas of our lives. But, it, you know, it's really having that balance. And I feel it's like a week-by-week check-in, you know, whether you're a single parent, whether if you have a partner, that's, more wonderful if you have a support system and really to um, connect with others and, and aim towards that communication and, and realizing that us as parents, we are the cheerleaders and champions for our children. The, the, the school some you know, they're, they are the secondary platform and knowing that it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. Um, I've I, I seen when parents are involved and, and being able to sacrifice you know, um, you know, maybe something in the work schedule so that they can attend their, their child's game or, or, or something that's going on in the school. Again, knowing that across the board, it's changing for the world, changing for our country. We're just going into it, and we just have to be as positive as we can for our children. Correct. And you know what? I was looking at the news this morning and last night, and they were talking about bus drivers. Do you know a lot of the schools can't even find bus drivers or bus drivers are quitting? because of maskless, maskless children and what's going on with COVID. And I retired as a bus driver. I retired at age 33 from driving the school bus. But your kid now is going to even have to take longer to get to school because they can't even find a bus driver. Um, Luther, what were you about to say in regards to when we were talking about developing trust? Uh, repeat that again. What were you going to say in regards to developing trust? How can, can parents oh. get their kids to trust them or get the kids to start back trusting their parents and not thinking that their parents are just trying to give them some hogwash or making stuff up or, you know, because the trust, a lot of times the trust is broken. Right. I tell my communication, let me know what's going on. I don't hold that back. Uh, you talk to me. Let me know. Like I tell my daughter here. If something's going on, let me know. I'm your daddy. I'm your father. Let me know what's going on, you know. Uh, the problem with the baby daddy or something, you, let me know. Communicate. Don't hide that from me. Some of the sons are the same thing. I tell the kids, all the youngsters I coach, from Little League baseball to high school baseball to college, uh, youth sports, let me know. Communicate with me. Y'all like my nieces and nephews. Tell them. Don't hold them back. Let me trust me. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to intervention. I'm going to make sure uh, whatever's going on, talk to them. You know, I tell, mm-hmm. I tell them all, don't hold nothing back. You can communicate with me. I'm not going, I'm not a mean person. If something's going on, let me know. I'll I just uh, make sure everything is straight. Yeah. 
And you know what? And a lot of times we don't realize that stress can endanger a young child's brain. And they can develop persistent stress, which can interfere with the formation of connection and network that support thinking and learning. It is very difficult for a child or anybody to learn when they're under a great deal of stress. And the stress can be chronic, it can be acute, it can be persistent, but we do have to realize that it can turn into a mental health issue. And like you said, we have to be uh, positive. We want to help parents with their children and teach children how to stay positive also despite what they are going through or witnessing. We have to learn how to, like you said, address the fears, the anxiety, deal with the depression, the stressors, and develop effective communication skills. But communication is not only about talking, it's also about listening. And as we are also communicating with our kids, we also have to be aware of our own transparency and our own defense mechanism because a lot of times we project things on to individuals. You know, I, was, I saw also on social media, the news, they had this thing called Brotherly Bond. There was a, a guy in Louisiana, and every year on the first day of school, he would do something to put a smile on his brother's face. He would dress up like characters. He would, you know, and it kind of reminded me of what you were talking about, Lisa, in regards to the puppets and, the, you know, the, the videos. But every year, this young man would do something special for his brother. One day he dressed like a nun. He dressed like a rabbit. He, he'd do different things just to put a smile on his brother's face. So that's part also of being supportive. In order to right. help individuals and children with their stress, have to be supportive. And sometimes we have to also try to allow them to try to solve their own problems, if appropriate, but offer to help and be available to your child when he or she is in need. There is nothing worse than feeling rejected, abandoned, About that. That's right. Did you, uh, Jeff, did, that, did you see that uh, video last year when this lady, she was, a, she was a principal or teacher, and as the kids lined up, she would give them a high five, a different mm. kind of uh, smile on their face, and, and she had the music playing, and as the kids, she greeted them with a, a high five clap, or she would mm-hmm. uh, double clap, bam, bam. I saw this on video mm-hmm. last year. She, she had, these kids had these uh, uniforms on with their ties. Uh, with the books and the ID badge. And the video inspired me because I'm saying, I like that. She got the music mm-hmm. coming in. She gave them a high five. They're going to sit down and chill. And as they come in, that's how the teacher do over here at King Drew. He put his uh, mm-hmm. nice little smooth music on, and he'll give the kids high five. Good morning. Put a smile on your face. It's going to be all right. It's Mr. Jackson over here. So he, he, if the kids might have had a bad day at home, some of these kids Correct. are trying to get them to eat, hungry, uh, had a, couldn't find a uniform, or they didn't have a uniform on, but we have shirts and stuff here, he uplifted. And I see this teacher do it every year. When the coronavirus hit in March, before that, he was giving them a high five. And uh, mm-hmm. he started this morning encouraging the kids, put a smile on your face. The ones who had their pass down already said to get in. <laughs> so it's, it's all kind of ways to put a smile on your exactly face. Correct, you know, correct. And we try to be more supportive and encouraging and not put people down. I do that even with therapy. People used to say, I remember I was working at Juvenile Hall, and one of the ladies got upset with me, and she said I was doing counter-transference, and I wasn't, but I was able to connect with a lot of the kids that were in gangs and, you know, from broken homes. And it was my personality that they were able to connect with in a therapeutic manner because I'm able to offer support because I will meet you where you are and try to connect with you and then help redirect the inappropriate behavior because I had to learn what was appropriate and what was not appropriate because I didn't know myself. So when given that opportunity, when we talk about supporting, I'm not going to cheerlead in your mess, but I'm going to let you know there are other ways of going about this. Like you're talking about with the pants being pulled down. I'm 57 years old. When I see people, I'm like, pull your pants up. You need help? You know, and sometimes they know you care when you say something. That's part of the support is they know you care. Lisa, what do you think about that when you're doing and what you're doing with your books and being supportive? You know, because it's caring. It shows I notice you. I, I care. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's important for for the kids and, and people of all ages to show that consistency. Um, you know, put it in practice. I often find, you know, writing or general, journaling, of course, me being a writer, I'm going to opt for writing, but even art, drawing, music, all kinds of ways to be um, expressive. And again, as I often, as I keep saying, um, as I said early on, is, is us being the leaders of happiness and focusing on what we can do in that regard. Because there's, we can certainly find many things to be negative about or, or stressed about. And not that stresses are going to go away, but we can certainly minimize them and, and be an example and, um, and, and take the time to enjoy the simple things in life and every day be grateful for them uh, uh-huh. and show that you're grateful for them, whether it's through prayer, whether it's through activities, uh, finding fun and joy for them and um because at the end of the day as we know we you know we have to find that happiness and we we the more you practice it through laughter through all kinds of different ways you know dancing music laughter uh, art uh, writing uh the more you're gonna get through today and 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 knowing that tomorrow is a whole nother day and and we have to practice that all over again <laughs> And you know what, and this is coming to my mind because when you talk about that with the stress, when kids are going through something, they can become very creative. Like you said, writing, drawing, poetry, you know, um, music, sports. They will find a, you want them to find a healthy outlet to be able to let some of that stress go. Because, you know, that's when you find out who a person really is when you get them to become creative and step inside and let what's inside on the outside and let let it show, let it grow. Now, we also want to make sure we show love. We have clear expectations. And this is one of the things I want to say, and um, Luther, I keep going from Luther to Boo, this is one of the things that parents and sometimes we don't understand. But in order when we talk about reducing childhood stress and identifying some of the stress, we want to make sure that we don't over-schedule our kids. Sometimes we're so busy putting our kids in activities, programs, and got to run it here, got to run them there, and we don't understand you may be overwhelming them with that balance and listen to them. But some parents try to live with children. If they didn't make it in the NFL, they want to make sure that they son on the football team, but yet they made the sub out, they can't even catch the ball or hold the ball. So right. we want to make sure right. don't over I was a private example of that. When I, you know, my, my goal was to get to the big league, make a long story short, I was baseball from seven-year-old up to college, and then I saw my son coming up, and I wanted him to play baseball and football, and uh, mm-hmm. I kind of pushed him a little bit, and I said, I, you know, let me let, I want them to be, do what they want to do. You know, let them pick their sports, and uh, they play football, and they move all up to the working world, because I kind of try to push them a little bit. And I said, no, I'm going to bag up. They might not want to play no football. They might not want to play baseball, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to bag up. Like the young man today, you know, I don't want to push them too hard. You know, work hard, keep yourself together, pick what you want to do, you know. This is the, you get your scholarship, it's a leeway, you try to get them. But I was too hard on mine. And then uh, they, still, they went to the working world. One, do the garden Compton, healthy food. The other one is a, a big-time security at Gardena Memorial. And the one in Long Beach, and the other one is a supervisor uh, in Torrance. So I kind of backed mm-hmm. up. I didn't want to push them so hard. And cool. I didn't want, you know, because I, I was doing that, trying to make them play football and baseball, because I want y'all to be better than me. And I was one of the Correct. parents that, you know, own it. And, I, I, I and had you know to what? Back you know, up. People don't realize that. My parents did that to me. I was an overachiever, and I had so much on my plate. I didn't even know what stress was. My mother used to tell me, I don't know what you're stressing about. You ain't got to worry about. You ain't got to pay no bills around here. You know, And but she didn't realize I was straight-A student, class president, drum majorette, in the band, in the, way too much going on, and then dealing with other external stuff that was happening in the neighborhood, the community, and even in our home. So I couldn't in, in, express what I was feeling. But I remember with my daughter, I did that with her with basketball, and she straight out told me, after she got out of high school, she was like, I don't want to play basketball no more. You want to play, you play. I was like, 
don't dare tell me that. You know, I'm trying to get you in the WNBA, you know. But the thing is, have to be careful and don't overthink your child. And listen to your child. Do you want to be consistent? True, you don't want them to be flaky. But if they don't like something and they're interested in something else, let them explore that. Give them the opportunity to see who they are. Lisa, what do you think about um, I think it's, it's just a very trying time for us all. And, and um, I so appreciate that you have a platform like your show and people calling in. And, and being able to um, have that positive um, mood. I mean, I know just by being on your show, I feel much better just knowing that, you know, we, we've been isolated for some time, even though, you know, with the pandemic in different parts of the country, it's been changed. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I don't, I make it a point to not watch the news a lot because I find there's just too much negativity in that. What, what do you all think about the news? <laughs> Well, my phone, my TV stay on CNN. I don't have regular cable no more because I dropped my direct TV box. It fell on the floor one day, and I haven't replaced it. So I haven't had regular TV in almost two years. But by that same token, I try to downstream some information so at least I'll know what's going on in the world. Yeah. And see, I want to discern what's theirs, what's mine, what's reality, what's my reality. I don't get caught up exactly. in a lot of Stuff, and I try to stay away from the ignorance and the arrogance because a lot of times it adds more stress, and I'm not going right. to let nobody stress me out. So I balance it, but I don't want to be up under a rock. So I don't want to miss something, and they say, you know, highway so-and-so, and they had a bomb on there, and because I'm not knowing, I get on mm-hmm. the freeway thinking not knowing the doggone mm-hmm. bomb is on the freeway. But I balance it. What do you think about that in regards to that, um, Luther? Because you know too much information, but you got to know something. You got to be able to discern what's going on. Right. Well, I just try to keep everybody informed what's going on in the community, uh, see what's happening. And then, you know, uh, my main thing when I'll be monitoring the high school football games and basketball games, just try to keep the community on on their toes. There's something going on in the community, I'm going to let them know a shooting, a robbery. Mm-hmm. That's my duty. To, you know, I'm going to let, let them know what's going on. Even when I watch TV, right. I want something going on in another area. I want to spread it all the way to the neighborhood. So I just like the shooting was on last week. I said, we make sure everybody on their toes, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. you know, and you don't want to make up conspiracy theories. Um, Lisa, one of the things like with myself, because, I mean, being a mm-hmm. teacher, and I'm a teacher, but being a therapist and working with individuals in my program, you know, a lot of times they have a lot of views about certain things because I have offices in Fullerton, Garden Grove, Huntington Beach, Oceanside, Marietta. So I deal with individuals from all walks of life. And even when we talk about raising children, stressors, what's going on, people have their own perception. Like I had a person tell me that kids are not dying. I'm like, no, I got a funeral I got to go to. People are dying. These things, and I call nurses. I call people that have been through something so they can hear real-life people. You know, they'd be like, well, that's fake news. You know what? You walk around here, and then when they hit you, you ain't going to know what to do. Okay, I got a person calling in. Hi, this is Ted, number ending in 30. How are you doing? Hello? Hey, caller, just called in. Oh, hi, Hi, Gilbert. You have any questions for us? You got a lot of background noise. I hear a lot of static. Yeah, I know. I'll probably just hang up. I don't want to ruin it for everyone. <laughs> well, do you have any questions? And thanks for calling in. Do you have any questions, any comments you want to share? Talk about childhood stress? Because, so I, I want to speak a little bit about not only just COVID, but talking about relationship issues. Parents not getting along. You know, just support. You don't realize how stressful that is. They gotta be separated from one parent and another home, and a, that's stressful. Now I never had to deal with that much. But I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna put you on mute, um, Gilbert, and you, let me know if you have a question. But Lisa, when parent, when kids are dealing with conflict or caught in the middle between parental discord, how do your books or your series of books provide? information to help them with that because they get caught in the middle. 
Lisa? Oh, oh Lisa. well, yes. Was someone else commenting? <laughs> I, I heard. Oh, you know, um, no, um, I just heard some. But I know, oh, and, okay. and big, well, they take that to school too. Parents not getting along. Parents going through a divorce, separation. Kids feeling some kind of way. They scared. They don't know. You know how this going to affect and impact their lives. They don't want to pick and choose parents. How can the information you share help children with those yes. types of? Yes. Well, I mean, I, there's so many book series out there. My book series, Unicorn Jazz, Unicorn Jazz and Friends, that come to life with the unicorn, a zebra corn, and many animal friends, which, you know, in characters we all can identify with. Um, I feel it's important to, to you know, of course I'm going to be an advocate of reading and writing. Of course I'm going to be an advocate of you can find this information through YouTube learning, through different educational platforms. And again, mind you, we didn't people, you know, our age, we didn't grow up where we could Google it. We are we we are older than Google. Oh, and you, <laughs> <laughs> I got my GPS. And, Google it. Google right? everything. So, you know, just having that present time, and, and again, depending on your child's age, you know, the older they are, the 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 difference it's going to be for a high school age student versus an elementary age student. And, and navigating uh, what we are all dealing with on a week-by-week basis because, as we know, that pandemic has changed many things. It gives us a lot of uncertainty, and a lot of that is, is accepting. I often say, like, yes, that we have changed. We all know that. There's acceptance. There's, there's been change personally for me on many levels, and people I know, and all of us, every one of us knows somebody that's going through a, a challenging time, every single one of us. And if you, you know, are thriving and offer to help and give back to others and take the focus off off of you. I often say the opposite of being selfish is to help others. Uh I like that. I like that. Opposite of helping. Yeah, I like that. Now, and like I said, when we're talking about parental discord, um, and I'm talking about family issues, parenting issues, you know, kids stressed out over that, upset, don't know what to do. And that's a whole nother issue when we start talking about co-parenting effectively, communication, communication skills. Even as a therapist, when I'm working with children that are dealing, also not only that blended family, and Big Blue Party can speak about there are some kids that go to school that are in the foster care system, they stressed out. That's a whole nother stressor because they're dealing with court issues. They're dealing with visitation. They're dealing with stuff that most kids don't even know anything about. These kids got this stress going on in their life. Now, I want to say, right. and we, we talked about, um, you know, ways to reduce it, show love, have clear expectations, um, being aware. But I want to speak a little bit about building positive coping skills in order to help kids with this. Because it is important to help children learn positive coping skills. And these skills are often carried into their adult life. Because if you can't cope as a kid, and as a teen, you're going to be frustrated as a young adult. And you can project that. You can blame the whole world. You know, some people self-medicate with drugs and alcohol and violence. You know, we got people committing suicide because of stress. So I want to tell individuals, there are teen hotlines that kids can call and someone. There's a guy named um, Dr. R.J. Hit. No, come on, just send me a text. Okay, name uh, Dr. R.J., and he talks about, um, he does teen life coaching. So with teen life coaching, they connect with other teenagers to try to help them to be able to develop, um, you know, meet the kids where they are to help them with these skills. So one of the things is to build positive coping skills, provide good examples. That's one of the things that Big Blue, you do that. You do your best to provide good examples. Staying calm, express your anger appropriate ways, think through plans to reduce your stress, and share with others. So that's one thing, being a good example or providing a good example. Any questions, anything you want to add to that of one way of developing or building positive coping skills by being and providing a good example? Just be a good leader, work with the youth. Even some adults be going off the change and the kids see that. And you can't let the kids see you stressed out. And then they, mama, daddy separated, daddy and mama in jail, grandmother had to raise the, the siblings, or they were foster parent, or auntie, or cousin, or they were another family, don't care. They worry about the dollar. 
And the kids, y'all don't get no clothes. Y'all don't get no allowance. Something going on. They're stressed out. And I try to talk to them, mm-hmm. pray with them, take them out to see the homeless, feed them. I got something right now. Family members in the foster in Anaheim. And uh, they're talking back, don't want to listen. Grandmother's frustrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I text the youngsters to skip roll and see. When you don't listen, it's where you be at. And if you see some of the guys are telling them. Um, they, they let them know. You bet. Don't want to. You don't want to listen. You be down here with me with a tent. And they say I've been down here twenty five years, twenty years, game banging, lost parent, both parents. I'm on drugs and I'm living on the streets. Then this is what your cousin uh-huh. telling you. So I let them tell them off the top. This ain't no joke. This is real. Uh-huh. I had a person tell me one time this cousin was real. They was not playing. It is real. Yeah. So, but being and providing good examples. Lisa, what's your take on that in regards to provide and be a good example in order to help build and teach children coping skills to help with their stressors? Yeah, it's, it's doing by example and, and leading. And um, I love, again, going back to help and give back to others. Um, I I um, uh, volunteer with the local food bank. I also with orphanages. I will bring people along and, and kids along, depending on what the age appropriate. Again, when you take the focus off of you sometimes and you really look at other kids and there's a lot of disadvantaged children, you know, and, and what are, maybe you're helping the environment. Maybe you find a cause that you're passionate about and get involved and take the focus off of you and help others. You know what? I like that. But when we talk about disadvantaged children, I remember one time my daughter told me she was um, doing something for my company and Something came up, and it was about a program, and it was disadvantaged children or at-risk children, and my daughter said, Mom, they had me as at-risk. I didn't know they considered me that way. And now she's mm-hmm. in a position she's able to get back, but we got to be careful even when we start talking about, you know, I don't say careful, but be mind talk about disadvantaged and at-risk. There are some yeah. signs, some symptoms, some things that we can but then there are some kids that you may think may not be at risk or at risk too. So sometimes yeah. you think that that's the money or education, but we got kids that are rich, affluent, and they get abused, molested, and and raped, and all this chef stress just like kids that are in poverty because some kids don't even know that they're poor when they're poor. We don't know. Right, and oh. it, it could be. I, I'll, I'll say because I grew up. I did grow up poor. I did grow up. I, I. It's not like you got a label disadvantaged kid. I mean, that would be horrible to think that. But, and so being mindful of that. But, but we. I. My sisters and I, growing up in Texas, um, you know, we didn't have a lot, and we we got programs and things given to us. There's a lot more today in today's society, but also being mindful of of. Of, lab- of those labels because, you know, we you right. can't embarrass children with that. And yeah. so for yeah. me, it's always, it's, 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 you know, being mindful and, and in so many areas and, and there's so many different, um, you know, programs and, and ways to get involved in helping. And then again, if you're the, the, the top or family that's on the receiving end, you know, the, imagine how they feel. <laughs> Well, I can say, I can truly say, my mother worked at the same job for 33 years, so we was yep. ghetto rich. I didn't know, because I didn't know what it was like <laughs> to get your mother's kid. I didn't know what it, I drove a Cadillac. I drove, we had a van. We, but my mother worked hard for that, and then when my mother passed, I saw how much money she made. I was like, oh, she living this lifestyle when she wasn't making that much money, you know, but she because didn't want she to wanted to give you more there than was, she had, yeah. Yeah, it was nice, and she did things that other people wouldn't do, to make sure that we had so we wouldn't have to worry about these different things, but we didn't know. And then I became very strong-willed, tried to be a provider, and I started seeing myself doing the same thing, and my daughter tried to do the same thing because we didn't want them stressing. But we also, building positive coping skills, and I'm going to say this, let me speak on this because I want to go backwards. Sometimes we have to give people an opportunity and not always just give them a handout. Give them an opportunity. Let's see where they are. Let's see where they want to go. Don't tell them what to do. You know, so a lot of times there's things in children we don't even know if they can sing. We don't even know if they can dance. We don't even know. Let's see. Give them an opportunity. So I want to put that Mm -hmm. out there. Another thing with building positive coping skills, 
teach individuals about consequences. And I like what Big Boo was talking about by taking kids down the skid row, letting them see. This is what can happen to you if you don't change your lifestyle. You know, these are things that have happened to these individuals. These people have a testimony. So we want them to know that there are consequences. I remember my grandson was barely two years old to my consequences. I said, ooh, my daughter teach him about consequences at a very young age. There are consequences, good and bad. So we want them to know for their actions. And, you know, we want to let them know that. And also encourage rational thinking. Sometimes when we talk about reducing childhood stress, we don't know if it's irrational, if it's rational, if it's, you know, where is this thinking coming from? And because sometimes kids are now being diagnosed with schizophrenia at a very young age, dissociative identity disorder, bipolar disorder, you know, we got anti-personality disorder, we got, we got a lot of different mental health issues going on too. So we want to encourage rational thinking and help your child understand what is fantasy and what is reality. Lisa, can you speak on that one? Because that one is huge. That help with coping Oh, skills. my goodness. Well, I, you know, I often say stories are a place to escape. And, and definitely being, a, you know, I, I'm a fantasy writer. I write fiction. And uh-huh. I love reading fiction. It's the reason why many of us will watch movies, you know, that are, that are fictional-based. And, and I think it's almost like you're giving yourself a rest to to go into that and, and if you if you go into, you know, famous authors or, or famous directors and movie tellers that have created uh you know uh, uh, what we're going to watch this year, including musicians, a lot of that came from pain. A lot of that came from a place that was comfortable. So it's important to encourage creativity, imagination. Of course, I'm going to be an encourager of that. It's what I still do. And when I started my, my kids' show since the pandemic that's now on Amazon TV, it's called The Thing I Do. Um, it, it, for me, it was, it was a way to stay busy, create uh, beautiful, wonderful, happy content. I often say a busy person doesn't have time to be depressed. If you want something done, give it to a busy person. And, and to to leverage the creativity that can pour into your leadership and, and to focus on what matters. Oh, I like that. Focus on what matters. So some of the things we used to say as an adult is not in my pay scale. You know, but the children, focus on what matters. Okay, Big Blue, encourage rational thinking. Sometimes all process of a child can appear to be irrational or they're stressing out. I remember my mother, my mother told my um my mother told my father one time, Jeanette is so creative. Jeanette has a vivid imagination. Mm-hmm. And my daddy said, Jeanette ain't got no imagination. She's lying. <laughs> I said, dang. You know, I'm trying to tell stories. My daddy just straight out called me a liar. I was in my little fantasy world right about now because I could not deal with reality and living with them. So, people, how do we encourage rational thinking when we're talking about reducing childhood stress? Uh, right back to you again. I was on it again. Thinking because a lot of times when kids are stressed out, it could be a fantasy. So we want to teach them the difference between fantasy and reality. We want to teach them oh, what's reality. real, okay. not real, and we want them to be rational. Yes, yeah, stress is real. Stressors can do a lot of things, and I want to put this out there because I know we got a short amount of time. But if we don't manage the stress. It can turn into irritability. It can turn into um, changes in sleep, trouble sleeping. Kids start neglecting responsibility. They can start having eating issues, like eating disorders, whether it's anorexia, bulimia. Kids will get sick, and it can also lead to suicidality. So we want to make sure that we catch the stress before it gets too bad. But I asked the question in regards to encouraging rational thinking. How do we get kids to be to think rationally, to know that this is not real, or yes, this can happen, but it's not happening to you now, or that's why we're talking about giving them coping skills because we need to make sure that we provide them with information of what's within their control and what's out of their control. That's why I take them young from downtown and let them see the real deal. This, this is the, I let them see the homeless that folks that got had good jobs and was working good, let them tell their story, and then I mm-hmm. say, look, 
you, you'll lead to this if you ain't paying attention, not doing what you're supposed to do, and then you lead to stress. And then these folks have told you their story, how they got on drugs, they were doing good, and they were doing at home, had a good home. All of a sudden, they start smoking meth, start smoking sherm, cocaine. This is real right here. So pay attention. That's why I take them off down there to get a reality check. I'm not, I'm not going to take them to you no more. I want you to go yeah. to the reality, which is, which is real. Well, pay attention you know what's what, going on. You know what, Big, you know what, Big Boo? You said you're not going to take them to a morgue. But do you know that sometimes kids in the hood are desensitized because they've been to so many funerals and they've seen so many deaths? where that becomes a day-to-day thing with them now, and it's really sad because even though these things are happening and not taking them to a morgue and seeing a dead body, most of them have already seen a dead body. Most of them. And and so and sometimes that may not even stress them out because sometimes they think that death is a way out when when they're stressing. And I tell individuals, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. You know, your stress should not be to the point to where you want to die or you think it's going to be over with. Now, I want to give, I know we're running out of time, but in regards to getting the stress out, finding ways to get their stress out of their system will help children feel better. The best ways to relieve stress are different for each person. So you've got to find what works for that particular child. Exercise. You want to try to get them on a regular exercise regimen to help them manage their stress, you know, whether it's walking, bike riding, playing outdoor. My grandson, Granny, can we play Frisbee? Granny, want to play basketball? I'm like, look at me, I'm like, I'm tired. Okay. Um, another mm-hmm. thing is right or wrong, which is another thing. That helps, and that helps with one of the things you were talking about too, Lisa. Teaching to let out feelings, do something fun, learn ways to relax. Teach your children how to relax and learning how to laugh. Laughter can be one of the best medicine. You can be mm-hmm. good, a role model in this area by looking at the humor in your life. Your child can learn this and by skill, by watching you. Lisa, where can they find you? Where can you, if they want to get yes, your thank information? You. Um, you can go to lisacaprelli.com. You could, I always love you. Go to unicornjazz.com. I'm across all social media, and I just welcome hearing from one of you, especially educators and parents. Um, thank you for having me on your wonderful show. Okay. Big Boo, what do you want the listeners to know? As we talk about uh, reducing child stress. Keep the faith. Get them to church. I'll, I'll take them to the sports game. I'll take them to the Drew League, which is one of the top leagues worldwide. Um, I'll take them out to a picnic or go to the beach or to the movies. When they, You know, I want them to do good. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want nobody when they mess messing up and disrespectful. That's what I do with them. I'm Luther Keith Jr. Mm-hmm. You can catch me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Uh, I'm spreading the word, feeding the homeless every day. It's, it's, it's about a blessing helping these youngsters from from, from the youth all the way to adults. It is. You know what, people, and I commend you for the work you do and what you've been doing. And I know you were doing this when I was a teenager. I heard of your name before you even knew who I was. So <laughs> 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 I heard of your name, but you just didn't. You would see me places, but you didn't even know who I was. You know, and then now <laughs> you probably heard of my name. You probably heard stories of my name and my family, but you just didn't know who I was until one day we was at a funeral and I walked up to you. We was at John Henry's funeral because you didn't even know John Henry was my uncle. And I walked wow, up to you, I said something to you, and you looked at me like, I know you look familiar, but now you know who I am. Been around neighborhood for right. years. You didn't even know. <laughs> Little Reggie is my son. Like, you know, you didn't yeah. even know. So... When we start talking about the stress, you do what? I said that's a small world. I know, I know. we got to realize stress is real. Our children are our future. We don't want to lose them. We don't want them dying at a young age. We want to make sure that we are okay with their mental health, their physical health, helping them with relationships, and teaching them how to manage their stress. Um Lisa, I know you said that they can find you on YouTube and all of that, but if you want to add some other information, you can text me and I'll connect it with um, social media outlets in regards to providing that information. We definitely need to get the word out there because parents are frustrated. They don't know what to do. And it's about sending them to a therapist because some of the stuff is going on in the home, and in order to help the kids, you got to help the family. 
So we got to find out what the family structures are too. Okay. So again, thank you guys. Yes. I appreciate thank you for joining. You. The got something to say before we end. Mr. Gilbert, I'm logging you back on. You guys need to say Mr. Gilbert before I end the show. Hi, Mr. Gilbert. Okay, man, thanks so much. Gilbert, you got something to say you want the listeners to know? I'm just letting it all soak in, honestly. Well, I appreciate you too, Gilbert, and you're doing a great job. You really are. And you I did. thank you for connecting with me, okay? Because no matter where I go, you go find me. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes we got to take a dose and deal with childhood stressors, even in adults. That's another thing that I be have to do, Big Boo. And I know you be have to do the same thing. You got to work with grown folks because they got childlike Man. behaviors, they got childlike trauma, and childlike stressors exactly. that were unresolved. And they don't realize that sometimes they impact and put those things right and put them right onto their children. So we got to know our stuff. And thank you for joining me. Appreciate it. Any topic you want me to discuss, you can. Call my office number at 714-992-1677, or you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. I appreciate your thoughts. I don't mind bringing in, putting the information out there. So enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. Thank, Thank you, people. Thank you, Gilbert. Thank you. Bye, Bye. Bye. Okay, how you doing?